happy Friday, everybody. Good afternoon. For those of you that are joining us on today's One Word Podcast, I am Pastor Iron Petrie, along with my lovely wife and my co-host, my co-pilot, oh, thanks, Star love. Petrie. Hi, everybody. And uh, we're just so glad that you guys chose to join us this beautiful Friday morning in October. October the 20th, is it 21st? It's the 21st, 21st today? Yeah, man, I tell you, October's leaving. It 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 did not come to stay. Mm -hmm. But God is so good. He is so, so good. And we're just here rejoicing in the day that he has made and um, super excited about those of you that are are giving us feedback on this podcast and giving us feedback, stopping in the middle of your Friday to tune in. I know, like I said, this is the middle of the day. Some of you are still at work on Fridays. Not everybody has the privilege of being off on Friday. Right. Yeah. Who are you looking at? (laughs) Yeah. Yo, I'm looking at you. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, hilarious. Like, you, I think you're off too. Yeah, like last yeah, exactly. Exactly. So everybody doesn't have their privilege, and that's why I'm saying I'm, I'm I'm really being appreciative. I'm being thankful. Okay, I like being that. thankful for it's it. Gratitude. Right? Yeah, it's not gratitude. attitude. No, not attitude. Gratitude. I got you. Amen. We gotta gotta discern the difference. Absolutely. <laughs> but um, yeah. So we know that you're probably on your lunch break. Some of you, some of you take the time out in the middle of the day to to watch us, and we're super thankful for that. Uh, and so we like to come in and make the best use of your time on this podcast to kind of hit you with a midday uh, pick-me-up, a word of wisdom, word of encouragement, maybe a word that answers some questions that are going on in your life, uh, things that you're dealing with. And uh, so we're just, we're just super happy that you're, you're with us. And today is not going to be any different. We're going to jump into a subject that um, I ministered on actually here in the church a, a week ago, and uh, I think it went over pretty well. Uh, <laughs> I think it went what over, is that, Pastor? I think it went over pretty well. I think well. it went over pretty well. I guess it did. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I believe it did. And uh, I was ministering on company. I believe it was company, consistency, and comparison. That's, mm-hmm. that's the name of, if you have interest in going back and listening to the entire message uh, on our YouTube channel, you can do so. I think it's also on Facebook as well. Um, but uh, it's on it's on those three things, your company, consistency, and comparison. And of course, it's pretty self-explanatory what we were exploring and talking about. But particularly that first one, company, that really jumped out at me, and I think it really had an impact upon uh, our congregation and people that were were listening to it, uh, because it's so important. And I thought it would be good for us to kind of jump in in more of a podcast and conversational format to kind of talk about it in a more practical setting, in more, you know, in a relevant way. Because when you're on the platform and you're preaching, sometimes you, you, you're, you're in that mode to preach the Word and teach the Word. And sometimes things come out better in conversation than they do even in preaching, and vice versa. It just really depends. And so that's why it's yeah. so important to have both means of communication. And so um, one of the verses of Scripture that I use as a foundation that I think is very easy to uh, understand because it's very simple and everybody knows it, uh, is evil communications, 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty three. evil communications corrupt good manners. Evil communications corrupt good manners. I don't know how many times as a kid growing up I heard that. Evers. Man, yes, if sir. nobody knew anything else, they knew John three sixteen, mm-hmm. and they knew to tell you if you were a youth. Mm-hmm. Evil communications corrupt Come good manners, because they were always trying to make sure that we were hanging around the right crowd. We weren't giving ourselves over to the pressure of peers that were negative or something that was of a bad nature. Mm-hmm. And um, so you have a tendency to kind of dismiss that statement as being something really uh, only important or for relevant. Juveniles, yeah, for juveniles, <laughs> for for kids. It's yeah. like it's not. It's almost like it's an elementary verse. That's yes. that's for. 
the children. That's a children's ministry verse. <laughs> That's what you ought to hear with the babies. But it's not. It's a life verse. Amen. It's a it's a verse for life. It's a verse for adults. It's a it's a verse that really has tremendous repercussions upon our lives. Because as we discovered in in talking about this, your company plays a major role in your life's direction and the prospects of your life. Amen. Man, your your the people around you the people you talk to the most, the people you give your ear to the, the most, are the ones that are really helping to shape and form you more than you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when the scripture says evil communications corrupt good manners, I love to to make sure that we understand the words. And, and let me let me plug this and say this, because yes. people, people sometimes joke and, and they'll say, you know, and you even do it too, talk about me in Hebrew and Greek, and oh, you know, <laughs> Pastor Iron, He's going to get off into the Greek and the Hebrew and break it down and this, that, and the other. And he's about to do <laughs> just that very thing. Continue, though, dear. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm yeah, going to do it anyway. I'm going to do it. But no, the reason I do it is not to come across overly academic or scholastic. The real purpose for doing it is that words carry images. So when I understand the words that were used... I understand what the speaker was seeing when he said them. You know, I understand, I can see into what Paul was seeing because he wasn't just writing just to be writing. No, he saw what he was writing, just like you and I, when we're talking to each other, we see what we're communicating to each other. And so it's important to understand these words. And so when you understand those words, it just opens up a whole nother realm of understanding for you when you're reading the word of God. And so communication. Communication. Evil communications. It is this Greek word homilia, which comes from homilos, which means a homilos, which means a gathering or a group or a crowd, a throng of people, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But it means companionship. It means communion. It even means intercourse. Now, when we hear the word intercourse, everybody thinks one way and about one thing. Right. But to intercourse means to exchange, basically. That's really all it means. You can exchange ideas. You can exchange thoughts, exchange and conversation. We're exchanging right now. This is a form of intercourse, right, where we're exchanging uh, ideas and we're speaking and talking and communicating with one another. And so the Bible says here, evil companionship, intercourse, communion corrupts your character, so now when I read that, immediately, immediately what jumps out at me is this crowd around me, the people I interface with, mm-hmm. have an effect on something that's in me. Right. You know, a lot of times people think that their relationships, I'm going to move this a little bit closer to me here so I can sit back. <laughs> a lot of people think that their relationships uh, around them don't seem to have an impact on what's in them, but your thought life is being influenced by the people around you. What you think, how you think, the thoughts you take, the thoughts you resist, all of that is being influenced by the people you interface with, the people you have a companionship with. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because the conversation in your company really shapes your worldview. It really does. And, And people don't like I say, they don't give enough credence to this. So they they befriend, they get into companion, companionships and, and interactions with people, 
and they never stop to think about the fact that when we're talking to each other, right, we're sowing. Absolutely. Now, and this, this isn't deep. This is just the truth. This is reality of life. We are sowing. Mm-hmm. When we're talking to one another, we are planting. We are attempting to plant anyway. And so if we're very open to what people are planting, then it gets inside of us and it starts to affect us internally, the way we see things. You know, somebody can walk up to you and they can corrupt your perception of somebody else. Oh, absolutely. With just the conversation. Absolutely. Somebody somebody that you had no issues with, Mm -hmm. somebody that you didn't even think about much, somebody you may not even know, but someone can come along and they can start sowing that seed and you walk away with this perception about a person you don't even know. And that perception can register in you and resonate within you as real. As fact. And Absolutely. as fact. Yeah. As, and you don't even know the person. <laughs> you, you hadn't interfaced with the person. You've never sat down and had a conversation with the person. But you walk away with this perspective that is gospel to you about this person. That's the power of communication. That's the power of companionship. That's the power of intercourse with people. And, um, and it's something that we have to examine because, man, I'm telling you, it's shaping your life. And if you're around people who the conversation is not positive, the conversation is not uh, based upon God's word, the conversation is not edifying, the conversation is not encouraging, mm. the conversation always takes a negative turn. Uh, if you're around people who are hypercritical about everybody, like when you sit down at a table, if, if the conversation turns to where you're having somebody else for dinner instead of what you're eating, <laughs> you're in the wrong company. Yeah. Because only small people discuss other people ad nauseum. Yeah. That, that's just the truth. We're not talking about discussing an issue, mm-hmm. okay? They may come up related to a person. That's another thing. We all have to do that in life, okay, at some point or another. But when you get around, I know as a pastor and as a preacher over the years, I've noticed this. Um, one of the things that you get into a company of preachers, and the first thing they bring up is some other preacher. What do you think about this preacher? What do you think about that? What do you think? Not, not how you're doing. What are you doing? Man, how's it going? Mm-hmm. And not talking about um, God's word or, or anything else or, or, or building one another. Immediately, people start questioning, man, have you heard what happened over there at such and such a church? You, you see what such and so is doing? You, you hear about? And all of a sudden now, the whole conversation, the whole environment turns to picking apart a person who's not there. Well, see, that's evil communication. That's, that's communication of a bad nature that's going to cause the people in that, that conversation to leave there with perceptions that are not organically theirs. They've been planted. They've been sown. And so whatever somebody is sowing into you has the power to, to shape your whole world. Because, see, now you're going to go out. And let's say you meet that person that you didn't know, that you have this perception about, that came from something somebody else said. Mm-hmm. You meet that person, and that person displays themselves in a way completely opposite to you right. than what somebody told you about them. Mm-hmm. Now, instead of taking at face value the way that person presented themselves, 
You're met with a dilemma. <laughs> have I been wrong this whole time? <laughs> yeah. I cannot have been wrong. You're this met whole with time. a dilemma. You're <laughs> met with an issue that should not even be an issue. It shouldn't even be there. It shouldn't even exist. You should be able to go off of what the person shows you, your interaction with them, right? right. But now you've got this other thing that's been previously sewn into your mind and into your heart, and you run into this person, and now they're acting completely opposite of this perspective or perception you had about them, and you met with the dilemma, is what I previously thought wrong or right? Is this an act? So now everything in your head is is turning in a way that has no business turning that way. You should be able to deal with the person straight on. You should be able to deal with the person at face value, right? Now, you take that. <laughs> okay, I'm finna go here. That happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Now, let's take that to the Bible. So, you, <laughs> your Christian faith and your thoughts and your perceptions are comprised of a lot of old wives' tales, mm-hmm. um, religious tradition. Different things of that nature, right? Right. And then you read the Bible and you hear Jesus reveal himself through the scripture. Mm -hmm. And it's opposite of what you previously heard. Now you've got a dilemma there. (laughs) Do you, though? Yeah, you do. You do. Because the traditions of men make the word of God a no effect. Yeah, that's true. It, the same thing happens okay. on the spiritual level with the word that happens in the, the, the social, on the social level when it comes to each other. Mm-hmm. Because when we talk, we're sowing. And this is why the Bible tells me that I'm to make sure that my communication is seasoned with grace, yes. right? That I'm, that I'm speaking the truth in love, that I'm never, I'm never, po- <laughs> I'm never poisoning people's consciousness, with falsehoods and different things. This is why it's, it's a responsibility of children of God. And it's one of the reasons why that I believe the power, the blessing, the presence of God is somewhat short-circuited in our midst as oh, the church. Amen. Because yeah. what, I, what I read in Scripture and what I see in modern times is not the same. Differs drastically, doesn't it? <laughs> but one of the things that differs is our words. Yeah. Our communications. Because I was going to say, I I think that really is the hinge, though, right? That the enemy, he's going around looking for people that have itching ears, right? What Mm. do we want to hear? What what affirms us, makes us feel like, yeah, I knew that all along. And he he positions people in our lives that help to make us feel as though we, you know, we figured something out. Mm-hmm. Or it resonates with us for a host of reasons, like you said, old wives' fables. You know, Mama said, great big Mama said, whoever said, right? But once he introduces that circle, you still have the ability to negate all of that, mm-hmm. right? And say, well, no, but I'm going to stick with the book. Mm-hmm. So I do have an opportunity to cast oh, no down all it. of that oh, stuff, no doubt about to it. put it in the rearview mirror and go on about my life. But what happens is, and this is why he loves this, is he wants to get you talking. Because mm-hmm. once he gets your mouth open about it, you start watering the seed that they planted. And it becomes more real. It becomes mm-hmm. m- more pressing. It becomes more concrete in you because so you true. took ownership of it once you opened your mouth and you started to repeat 
and not only repeat, but you know, we like to embellish. So then we start adding to, not, you yeah. know, we, we start adding to oh, what yeah. we heard in order to even improve what, what we heard. Cause that was nice, but I think I can take it up a notch. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's what happens. And I think that's what the devil's scheme is. And that's why podcasts, you, you know, YouTube, the prevalence of social media has made it so much easier for him to craft a company for people. Mm. And you find yourself wow. online for, so for hours and hours and hours digesting the same things. And that's fine uh, up to a point in the sense that you still have control. Yeah. And you can still say, why am I wasting? Why did I waste three hours <laughs> on that mess? Right. But it's until you mm. get back on social media and you start parroting the very same things or going to people and poisoning them with the very same things that you've heard mm. that I think it becomes a, a greater trap for you and it, and it becomes a bigger issue to try to work your way out of. Man, that is so good, though. Once you, once you start to parrot it, once you start to do it, that's when you take ownership you're, of it. You're watering it. You... Just like the Bible tells us that we that we water, the, you know, the word of God waters us. Mm -hmm. The word that we receive, right, the logos, is watering our spirit. And it's no different for us when we take the word of others and we start using it to water and plant and give life mm -hmm. to other people in those negative things. And that's why it says it corrupts mm -hmm. good manners. It does. Because suddenly that seed... You know, the good seed can't can't grow in those conditions. Those swampy, humid, <laughs> Nasty. Full, of, full of parasites. <laughs> you know what I mean? The good seed is like, I, I just can't do it. I can't. No, it can't. And, uh, but it does. It, it definitely corrupts. And it's, and it's one of those things, man, that I found that, like you said, we have this predisposition to where we want to. It's sad, but we, we kind of want to hear the bad. Oh yeah, we're conditioned for the bad, really. Yeah, it's like we 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 lean toward the bad. We lean toward the negative, the 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 gossip, that thing that would. But see, when we come to Christ, that's supposed to change in us. Right. That's the whole point of being born again. Right. Your disposition switches. You don't you don't live your life now <clears throat> leaning toward the negative, leaning toward evil, lean, leaning toward the bad. Um, you want the good. Right. You seek the good. Uh, because it's in you now, and um, and this is important because if you don't if you don't change your company, even though you're saved, you're born again. If you don't ever change your company to accommodate the godly direction you want to go in, it will undermine all that God has put in you. Hmm. It matters. it matters. I'm telling you, what you believe, what you believe is possible is really set by the company you're keeping. Yeah. What you expect, what you think can happen, what you think can happen for you is really set by the company you're keeping. The people you interface with, you, um, God knows your prospects in terms of relationship, mm -hmm. marriage. One of the things that uh, anybody who wants to really, really uh, have a successful relationship, you're going to have to surround yourself with people who are succeeding at relationship. Okay. You, could, you could sit back and you could read everything in print on success in relationship. <laughs> you can sow in the art and you can be so full and so ready and, and be very well equipped with information, but then you're going to have to get in a relationship and you're going to have to live it out. 
But if you are surrounded by people, real life, flesh and blood examples, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're surrounding yourself with people whose relationships are toxic, struggling, they're always complaining, there's there's infidelity, there's just, you know, it's just wild, (laughs) you're going to have a hard time. (laughs) you're going to have a hard time navigating that because your company is going to constantly be corroding what you've put in you. So you have to make sure you're surrounding yourself. This is why I say to a lot of people, you know, dating people or or people who are, who are engaged or what have you or, or headed toward marriage, they need to be listening to successful couples. One of the challenges, oh, Lord Jesus. Here he comes, here he comes. Go, go, Pastor. No, don't do that to me. <laughs> don't do that to don't me. Pastor. But, you know, this, and it's a, it's a loving concern, mm-hmm. okay? It really is. It's, a, it's just a pastor in me. But I have a concern in our present culture because of social media, because of the proliferation of talking heads. We're sitting up taking advice that is unproven in the advisor's life. Um, And this is a challenge for me. Um, It's a challenge for me. It's a challenge for me when when we have people who have never been married counseling people on how to get a woman or a man and keep them. Uh, I I don't, I I can understand coming from the Word of God, because anybody can preach and teach this. This is of no private interpretation. This is free for anybody to take who is a child of God and to to teach under the inspiration of the Spirit that he gives to teach people. But a lot of these talking voices are not always that. It is a lot of it is a lot of information given that is unproven. And see, First Corinthians, I mean First Thessalonians five tells me, prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. That means that what you gain, what you get, what you hear, not everything is gonna be usable. Hmm. Not everything is gonna be uh authentic. Not everything is gonna be real. Right. Some things are are inspirational fluff, if you will. Some things are are very uh, are hyperbolic. They're very much they're, they they make for good preaching, good teaching, good talking, good good reels, good Instagram reels. But they don't make for solid living, mm-hmm. um, and they don't make for successful living. So you have to be very you have to be discerning, man, because <clears throat> you, we're getting just so many people talking, and people's heads are full of so much information that I think the information's kind of running into each other in their head. It's just, just kind of <laughs> stuff is bumping into each other, <laughs> you know, and it's the truth. And this is why, you know, Paul tells Timothy that in the time in which he's pastoring, in the last days, men would heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. That, that word heap means to, to accumulate to a considerable amount. And God, isn't that what we see? Absolutely. Just a considerable amount of voices and teachers and voices and talkers and, and pundits and, and gurus and experts. And they're gurus and experts with no proof. Yeah. Like the, you, you don't see the fruit in the life. Give me that person who sits down and says, we've been 40 years in. We want to tell you. But it reinforces the idea of itching ears when we don't require that of people, <clears throat> right? Yes. When we're okay with that. I was coming there, baby. <laughs> like, but I'm okay you, with that. Go ahead. You, you, no, 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 no. I'm not going to steal your no, thunder. No, you've already stolen it. Go with go. it, baby. No, go. Yes, that is the thing. We are no longer requiring it. Yeah. We're no longer requiring <laughs> any proof. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I, I've got I've got to say this, and and I don't want to get this story all mixed up because I I believe I'm I'm really really centered on it. But I listened to and I uh, Terry Mize, yes. great man of God, missionary, traveled all over different countries and taught the word of God, preached the word of God. And a shout out to his daughter. I know, I know Lori, and Lori sometimes watches this, and Lori, you know, follows Hi, us on social media. And if she sees this, I'll listen to your dad. And your dad blessed my socks off because he, in miniature, described the entire culture with one example. He has seen the dead raised in his ministry. Mm-hmm. This, is a, this is a missionary, a man of God, tremendous ministry overseas and even here in America. And so this is something he's witnessed. Well, he was called to lunch, I believe it was, and if I get this story wrong, write in and correct me, but I think I'm right. He was called to lunch by a gentleman who was writing a book about raising the dead. Now, this gentleman um, had not, you know, raised the dead himself, or I won't say himself, but seen God do it in his ministry, let's say. Mm-hmm. And um, But he was writing a book about it. And really, that's okay, because you can take the Word of God and you can prove the authority that we have as believers. You no, can absolutely. prove the name of Jesus and its authority over death. So anybody can do this. So there's no fault in doing that. But he invited uh, Brother Mize out to lunch, who has seen this happen. Mm-hmm. And he presented the book, presented the idea. Brother Mize was like, oh, that sounds great. And the guy never asked him a question about the dead being raised. Now, here is a man who was writing a book about something he hadn't seen, sitting with somebody who had seen it and never asked him a question. That is our culture. That is our culture today. And, and, And I love everybody, but that example just has to be heard because it, we used to market a product. Now marketing is the product. It's like we, it's the talking, it's the, it's the idea, it's the, it's, it's what we're saying. Yeah, things don't have to be proven, it's all about how <laughs> they, it made me feel. That That's have good to be, enough, it doesn't it, have to do anything it, that it's Nothing has to, to be do. there. <laughs> just, <That> has to, <laughs> just made me feel really yeah, good when I purchased it. There has to be it. nothing behind it. No. It's like the whole culture is now pressed particle board. Say that. It's like it's it's like that furniture. It just has to look like wood. That's it ain't got to be wood just, at all. Yeah, <laughs> it just ain't got. It, it can just be absolute <laughs> veneer and laminate. It passes the eye test, and nobody is going to investigate further, right? Mm-hmm. But Jesus wants us and gives us proof of His truth. Yes. He will confirm the word, right? And he said, we'll know people by their fruit, yes. not by their mouth or what they yes. spun together, but let me see the fruit. Let me the see the fruit. Yeah. One of the things I, I used to tell people, I've always had a desire to minister on marriage. It's always been a part of my, my calling mm-hmm. to minister on relationship, to minister to family, to, to, to I just have a heart for family. But I told you, we agreed on this together, and I told other uh, people in our congregation, in June we'll celebrate 15 years of marriage. I wanted to be married a while before I started telling anybody about what it's like to have a successful marriage. (laughs) You don't want to come out the gate at at six months and be like, we got this down pat. No, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. That, 
Because whatever you're teaching people, you should have applied in your life. Amen. You should have some mileage of proof in your life. Mm-hmm. Because there are caveats that you learn along the way of application and doing and living according to what God says that you cannot learn just opening a book and regurgitating what you heard. Uh, Punchline teaching and on all of this kind of hyperbolic surface area gets you inspired and hyped and you walk away and you go, yes, but there's <laughs> nothing there. There's no proof behind it. There's no weight of a life uh, invested in application. And there's no ability to actually sustain what you heard. No. Because you have, you, you have no way forward as to how that actually should be applied. Mm. It's just the actual result of, I heard it. I heard, and exactly. I feel better because I heard it. Exactly. You know what I mean? And, and this, is, this is important to talk about because this is what is creating the company. Hmm that we're surrounded by in our culture, that everything is about just, you know, it's, it's the shallow end of the pool. Yeah. It's, it's ankle-deep water. It's splish-splash, you know. There, and if you're not careful, though, you're, you'll err to the side of dysfunction because that's what society wants you to do, mm-hmm. which is why you can get online and see people write, marriage is hard, and they'll have thousands, hundreds of thousands oh, of yeah. people following to talk about how marriage is hard. And you have a group of people that say, well, we really found the sweet spot and God has just blessed us. And here are some, some life lessons. Oh, that's a lie. Some applicate. There you go. It's, it's a lie. It's too good to be true. Oh, uh, yeah. It's too good to be true. Gospel ain't true. That ain't true. Bible ain't right? true. And that's why you get <laughs> 10 follows. And it's not about <laughs> follows. But what I'm saying is people don't have an appetite for yeah. what has to be tried, what has to be applied, mm-hmm. what has to be worked because we just don't like the work we are an instant gratification i'm good Mm -hmm. i heard it it gave me a little shimmy up my spine and i'm okay with that Mm -hmm. as opposed to the application of wow my knuckles might might get white my 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 calluses might grow on my hands because i'm gonna be out there and i'm gonna be pushing i'm gonna be pulling i'm gonna be doing yes and we don't we don't the culture we don't want anything that requires of us no. We um, want only what provides an alibi. You know it. Anything that provides an alibi for my dysfunction, yes. an alibi for my attitude, an alibi for my lack of proof, an alibi for what? Anything that provides an alibi, I'm good with that. So if you tell me something's difficult, oh, I immediately resonate with that. I immediately oh, uh, yeah, identify hard. with it's that hard. because yeah. it gives me an alibi now. Absolutely. It was hard. It was That's hard. That's why, because it's so doggone hard. <laughs> well, no, maybe maybe you maybe you just haven't committed. Yeah. You know, anything's hard when you hadn't decided to do it. Absolutely. But when you decide to do it and you get in there, of course there's work, but that's life. That is life. And I always tell people, I say it this way, marriage is not hard, life is. Yes. You just have to build a marriage to proof it against life. Amen. And if you don't want to do that work to build it and life proof it, then it's, yeah, it's not going to work. It's going to stumble. It's going to struggle. It's going to have its issues and problems. And, and we're not saying this not having walked through things, yeah. okay? And, and that's the whole point of what I was bringing up about I wanted, to, I wanted to walk through marriage before I start telling people about it. And you have to judge yourself to do that, though. Amen. You have to resist the notion of immediate gratification of going out there sounding deep. <laughs> <laughs> and and saying and, and getting people going, ooh, ah, fire emoji, ooh, ah, that was deep, oh, whoa, ah, ooh. And really was it? 
was it was it did it give people timber it's as deep as they were that's how deep it did was. it give them <laughs> did it give them cement did it give them something they can build hmm. brother something that stands when the rain starts falling and the thunder starts clapping and the lightning starts striking when the storm hits will you and be inside your house sipping tea because it's built mm-hmm. on something solid and if we're not careful the way the culture has influenced us, our company becomes so uber shallow. Fabricated. It's just And everybody gives everybody a pass for why this didn't work and I didn't do this and that failed and I understand you and right. yeah, I get it. Ain't it's the truth. And and our company is corrupting our potential. Yeah. What we could have, what we could be, what we could see, what we what we could experience both in the church and outside of it in the world, Christians going out into the world, living in business in different areas, we're, we're, we're allowing ourselves to be corrupted by the shallowness of the culture. And so we have to reject this notion and realize, man, I'm going to surround myself with people who, first of all, bring accountability into my life. Amen. So now we're, we're circling back. We, we weren't lost. <laughs> we're circling back to why <laughs> this is so important. Because it's important that you you pick this company specifically because you're not going to just randomly run into it in today's culture because the culture isn't built that way. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not the sway of the evil one. Yeah. So you're going to have to pick a company that holds you accountable. You're going to have to pick a company that the truth is the centerpiece of your relationship, right? And your companionship, your interaction with people. If, if you've got people who don't... Um, call you up, you right, you know, right? Call yeah. you up to a higher place. Right. Then you gotta reexamine that. You have to reexamine that. You have to say, no, wait a minute. You know, and, and a lot of times if we're not careful, even as a pastor, I have to be conscious of the fact that in in the desire to build a church and to have a ministry that is that cultivates community and connection and family and a sense of love no judgment in the house whatsoever. We're not judging people, but at the same time, that doesn't mean uh, the absence of accountability. That doesn't mean the absence of hard truth being taught, hard truth being spoken. That doesn't mean running from anything that may offend because I want people to constantly, constantly come. No, I want people to grow because (laughs) at the end of the day, Jesus isn't going to come back for our buildings. He's not going to come back for our, our uh, church size. He's going to come back for his children. Amen. And he's going to come back for his children in his image after his likeness, having grown up into him, yes. right, and matured sure. into his image. Absolutely. So my business is to facilitate the growth of the child of God, not the growth of my quote-unquote ministry. Mm-hmm. So we have to recognize not to... to to, as you said, lean to what the culture is doing and become so shallow, become so kiddie pool with all the stuff that we're doing. But don't be afraid to hold up accountability. Don't be afraid to stand on truth. Don't be afraid in your relationships, in your company, to be able to say, look, we got a standard here. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if, if you're in a company of people who are married, we're not going to be in there just being frivolous. We have a standard. 
We have a standard about what we expect and believe about marriage, and we're not going to cop to the culture's narrative. We're not going to allow ourselves to be infiltrated by all of this. Right. And this is why your company is important, because in the book of Acts, when the children, not, not the children, I'm about to say children of Israel, they are not in the book of Acts. I'm going I'm <laughs> to right. excited. That's all right, you're excited. You're excited. But when Peter and, <laughs> Peter and John had been persecuted and brought before the chief priest, and they threatened them not to teach or preach in Jesus' name, the Bible says in Acts chapter 4, verse 23, and when they had returned to their own company, they shared with their own company. What does that mean? That means that group, that companionship of believers that they went to, right. whether they were gathered in a house or wherever they were, they came and shared with them, Peter and John did, what the chief priests had just charged against them and told them not to do anymore and not to preach anymore. Mm-hmm. Now, that company could have said, oh, my God, what are we going to do? <laughs> What are we gonna do? I'm out of here, Jack. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm out. You know, I, I can't, I can't be getting persecuted. You know, I, I got too much to gain, too much to lose. I got that's too much. You know, that whole company could have went into complete fear, but they didn't. No. That company lifted their voice. They prayed in unison. The house was shaken, and they asked God for More what? Boldness. boldness. Absolutely. Say, God, we we see their threatenings. We gonna do it anyway. <laughs> Give us boldness to go out and preach anyway. Now, see, that's when your company's right, because, see, God confirms the choice of that company. The place was shaken. Boldness was given. Power was displayed. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? And so if you if you go back to a company, though, whenever you're 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 standing against the culture, you're standing against the lies and you go back to a company and they say, well, I don't know about that. I think you ought to, <laughs> I think you ought to just compromise a little bit. I, don't, I mean, I don't see what's wrong with, with you know, copping to it or giving in to it. Well, now you're in the wrong company. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. The whole lump. Yeah. The whole lump. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, when you're in a company that causes you to be uh, compromising about a little, you're going to look up. And that company is going to have you compromising about everything. Mm-hmm. Say that. You're going to be compromising on every end about everything. Yeah. So the company you keep matters. Child of God, find a place. Find people that speak faith. Find the people that live and prove the word of God in their life and, and really really make it a, I mean, don't let yourself out of it. Don't give yourself any wiggle room. You have to make decisions with God. I've I've learned walking with the Lord these years that I have. I have learned in my time, when he says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways and let not that man think he'll receive anything of the Lord, he meant that. He means it? Boy, he means it. Goodness gracious. I have learned that with God, you must be single-minded. Amen. You have to be single-minded. It's tough on us. It's tough on our flesh. It's tough on our mind. It's tough on us sometimes and even in our relationships that we've created. But with the Lord, if you're going to walk with him, it's single-mindedness all the way. Now, he understands you're human, but he wants you single-minded about his truth. And so we just wanted to encourage you with this today because this is such an important topic, man, for our times. People are a company change away from a better life. Amen. 
People are a companionship change away from a better life because that company you keep is having a tremendous influence on you if it's negative. My prayer is that it's positive, that it's godly, that it's biblical. And if it is, that's the company you want to Man, you want to take care of that company. Amen. You want to make sure you, you're constantly nurturing the development and the longevity of that type of company. If you got a friend in your life and you know that friend is a real one, right? It is real God. They have a real relationship with the Lord. They're really accountable. You want to make sure that you nurture that relationship consistently. You want to keep that because that is a relationship that is going to water your life in more ways than you can imagine as time goes on. And so I pray that we didn't go so around the world and what we did (laughs) that people didn't get the importance and the real gist of what I wanted to share because it's, it's so vital. It's so vital to your life. The company you keep is shifting and changing your life in ways that you may not know. So if you found this podcast a blessing, you found this to be encouraging, enlightening, even challenging, Uh, and you believe that there are other family members, friends, loved ones that you think could stand to hear this and need to hear it, right? Share this with them. Do us a favor and share it with them. We don't know who they are, but you do. So you can be a link between us and them to get faith-building material into their lives. And so share this with your family, your friends, and until next time, God bless you. We'll be here at the same time next Friday giving you the Word of God. Until then, we love you. Have a blessed and wonderful day.